Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with another installment of our NBL Focus Show. Uh, recording this one on Tuesday morning, slightly a little bit late with this one. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I'm normally a pretty calm guy, but as soon as I get in my car, my anger levels start to rise a little bit, and no more so than yesterday. Um, unfortunately, I sat in traffic for it was a little over four hours due to an in, uh, a, a pretty severe it was a truck accident on our main bridge out of Hobart. Um, so it resulted in this episode being slightly delayed. Nevertheless, absolutely stoked to be finally here recording. Got an action-packed episode to say the least. Um, Going to be tackling my NBL power rankings once again. Now, did this, it was probably a good month or two ago now. But with the way the actions unfolded, as we approached the play-in tournament, then the playoffs, uh, I thought it'd be a good time to revisit it once more. So we'll get into that one momentarily. Uh, before we do so, though, guys, a big shout-out to both the uh, stadium scene and the cover. Those two entities, week in and week out, continuing to do fantastic things for not only us, but other content creators out there. So I certainly appreciate all their continued hard work and support of us and our, our quest for a global podcast domination. I tell you what, as a basketball fan and as an NBL fan, there is less than three weeks to go till the regular season is over and the playing tournament kicks off. Um, I could not be more excited. Uh, as I'm about to go through the standings, the storyline's still to play out. There is so much to get through over the next couple of weeks. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. As I said, tackling my power rankings, uh, as I said, did this a couple of weeks ago, so a really good chance to revisit it, see if there's any movements in the standings and... Uh, and go from there, tackling all 10 teams. Let's get into it, guys. We will start with number 10, the Illawarra Hawks. Now, it's not too dissimilar from where they were at, you know, that six to eight weeks ago. Uh, still just absolutely itching for the season to be over. Currently on an 11-game losing streak and a 2-21 and on the season as a whole. Very, very, very unlucky on Sunday not to knock off the Kings. Uh, they went down 84 to 79, but really had a strong opportunity to clinch this one uh, in what would have been a massive boil over. Uh, but for them, it's just been a season that's not really got off the ground. It's partly due to injury circumstances. Um, they've had a lot of their imports, a lot of their key guys go down with really debilitating injuries that's kept them out for the majority, if not all of the season. Um, Justin Robinson being the name one there who went down very, very early in the piece, but you know, Peyton Seaver, Michael Fraser, um, a lot of players have, have dropped like flies around this franchise at the moment. On the positive side, though, it is great to see Tyler Harvey producing again at the level we expect of him. Again, partly due to injury circumstance, he's kind of had to fill that void. Uh, but he's up to 18 points, two and a half rebounds, two assists a game, while shooting the three ball at nearly 38%. Uh, likewise, Sam Froling there has been quite decent overall with 14 points, eight rebounds and two assists. But uh, it's it's really a shame because I, I kind of saw a bit of a uh, a bit of a path forward for this team that the players they recruited you know Harvey being that kind of that go to guy, uh, but you know with the way it's gone they they've got the worst point differential in the league at zero point eight eight, and as I said we're just looking would be looking to I tell you what to get through these next next couple of weeks as quickly as possible, um, you know as I said if injuries had not played their course I'd. I'm not saying they would have been a playing team, uh, but I think they would have won considerably more than two games across the season. So riding that 11-game losing streak, they have to be my bottom 
team, the number 10 seed for me. Moving ahead up to number nine, I have the Brisbane Bullets. They have a 5-18 and 18 record on the season. They had a five-game losing streak prior to last night's game where they were able to knock off the Phoenix 84-79 to 79 in what was a really gutsy performance led by Jason Kadee there with 28 points. Um, their point differential as well is really, really lackluster at 0.90. Um, but based on the games actually played, they've conceded the most amount of points on average per game. So given the talent they've got on their roster, this would be seen as a hugely disappointing campaign as well. Uh, a lot of pundits out there, similar to Adelaide, uh, had, the, had Brisbane right up there with the top tier as, con, as contenders or if not championship, um, a championship level team. And it has been anything but that. Uh, since our last power rankings, I said at that point in time, Nathan Sobey really had to step up on the offensive side. He's been considerably better on this end at 15 and a half points, four rebounds and nearly five assists. Uh, but still struggling to shoot the three ball at 30%. But what I've liked, the fact is when that three ball's not dropping, dropping, he's found ways to get to the rim, uh, hit the mid-range, get to the free throw line, and is starting to look a little more reminiscent of his, his former self a couple of years ago. You know, that all-NBL player. I had him as an NBL MVP favourite, I think, was it last year or the season prior? Uh, but for me, their depth has been the main problem that's kind of plagued them so far. Outside of Sobey, Aaron Baines has missed time. Tyler Johnson's been hit and miss. DJ Mitchell, the output has been very, very ordinary. So I think this offseason, they're going to have to do a hell of a lot of soul searching, especially if they want to get to the level that they expect of themselves. Um, they certainly didn't see themselves languishing around the bottom of the, t- the standings this season. Uh, so I've no doubt in my mind there'll be changes to be made um, and hopefully improved performance with that next season. Moving ahead to number eight, I've got the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Oh, what a fall from grace it's been for them. After really asserting themselves as a genuine, genuine contender, they've been on a real slide as of late. They were up into third in the standings. Uh, they're now down to seventh with a 12-12 and 12 record on the season, currently riding a five-game losing streak. And, uh, you know, last, last night for me was almost a must-win game against the Bullets. Uh, it was a real chance to assert themselves in that playing picture um, with quite, you know, a little bit of uh, a bit of confidence. Uh, but now they're not even in the plane uh, as, as if things were to finish today. Blew it 79 to 84. As I said, uh, they've really found themselves in a dogfight that they probably didn't expect now. They've got a lot of teams hanging around them. Perth, Adelaide, Melbourne. Uh, it really is going to be a dogfight around that area at the moment. Still think that Mitch Creek is having a phenomenal season. MVP candidate alongside Xavier Cooks, you would think. Uh, is leading the league in scoring at the moment at 23.7 points a game, um, just over Bryce Cotton there, whilst also adding six and a half rebounds, three assists, and going at 37% from three. Uh, a really, really phenomenal campaign from him. But I just think they're going to have to get more out of their bench as the season progresses. In these last couple of games, I think, at the minute, it's been very heavily reliant on Alan Williams, Ryan Brockoff, Mitch Creek. In their last game before last night, uh, they played the Cairns Taipans. They had a total of 11, point, uh, bench, 11 bench points across this across this game. Uh, it's, it's just not enough. And as the season, we get deeper in the piece, you're going to see Mitch Creek probably start to burn out a little bit. Been playing big minutes, been tasked with a lot of responsibility on the offensive and defensive end for that matter. Uh, likewise, Williams. So 
if they're to get back into a playing position, it's going to have to be a more well-rounded team performance, I believe. There's there's enough talent there. As we saw, they got themselves up to third. I had them as a real kind of almost an outsider for an, uh, a championship. But since that time, a five-game losing streak, it's time to pick things up. Less than three weeks to go in the season. Uh, they face the the Jack Jumpers. It is. It's, I was just thinking whether it was in Hobart or Launceston, but they play the Jack Jumpers tomorrow night, Wednesday night in Launceston at the Silverdome. A really huge game for both teams, probably more pivotal at the moment for the Phoenix. Um, should they lose that one, it's really going to be a, a, a real slog to make the plane. So uh, time will tell how their season unfolds over the next couple of days. Moving ahead to number seven. I've got the Adelaide 36ers. Now, another team that really let a commanding position go over the last week or so. I spoke last time about the fact that they were going to live by the three ball, die by the three ball. Uh, they went down the other night, 112 to 97 in that outdoor game versus the Perth Wildcats on Saturday night. They went five of 28 in this game from three. So 18% there. Uh, they shot it considerably better the game before against the Jack Jumpers, despite losing that one. Yeah, for me, and it kind of, kind of comes back to what I said before, they just need to find a more balanced offense. Um, another big concern in addition to that is their poor point differential. They currently sit at 0.98, um, and I think that has a real, real good chance to, to come back and haunt them. Uh, there's teams that are playing hard, playing to the whistle. The Jack Jumpers have a better point differential. Perth, Melbourne, even the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix – uh, given that Adelaide currently sit eighth with a record of 11 and 12, point differential is going to be key. And the fact that theirs is so poor at the moment could really come back to haunt them, I think. Uh, I still think, you know, Franks, Cleveland, they're still stuffing the, the stat sheet. But I just thought there was going to be a little bit more this season out of Mitchie McCarron. Now, the way he started the season, especially with their trip to the US, uh, playing OKC, playing Phoenix, he looked like he was set for just an incredible, incredible season. He's averaging eight points, five rebounds, and a little under four assists this season, whilst going a dismal 20% from three. You know, I, I really thought in my eyes, especially with, with Cleveland, with Franks at the time, with, with Craig Randall Jr. there, um, I thought he would be leading the league in assists, but to be a tick under four, not at 10 points a game, they just need to get more out of him. Uh, if there's any hope of a plain berth, I think he's the key cog in this. You know what you're going to get from Cleveland and Franks on a night and night out basis. Kai Soto, the uh, the NBA prospect there, has really been showing up up as of late since coming into the starting lineup. But I think Mitch Mitch McCarron there is the key key cog. As I said, sitting eighth at the moment, eleven and twelve record. It's uh, it's going to be a next big couple of games. They play the Brisbane Bullets next. Uh, that one up in Brisbane. I really think they're going to have to absolutely come out and pump Brisbane, I think. And we've seen it be done before. Brisbane have gone down by 45-plus points. Uh, Adelaide need to have a performance reminiscent of that just to get that point differential back up into the positives, I believe. We'll move ahead to number six, the Perth Wildcats. After a poor little run, the Wildcats have responded really, really well. They've won their last two games up to fifth spot in the standings with a 12-10 and 10 record. And this, for me, has really coincided with the addition of Taj Webster um, and shortening their rotation. Now, for the bulk of the matches they've played just in the recent week or so, uh, week or two, they're nearly playing a playoff rotation. Normally, it's seven key guys suiting up until garbage time, um, but it's really shortened the rotation, getting big minutes into the starters, 
um, and into that six or seven man lineup at the moment. They've got a key matchup. They've got key matchups coming next against the Kings and Phoenix. Uh, given their point differential of 1.01, certainly better than Adelaide's, um, I think they need to secure at least one win here. I wouldn't be banking on them beating the Kings at the moment, but I, I think they've got to, got to beat the Phoenix. And that would really put them in a hole as well as probably just about solidify their spot in the plane there, the Wildcats. Bryce Cotton continues to be tremendous. Uh, he's nipping on the heels of Mitch Creek there for the league. He's a leading scorer, posting 23.6 points, four rebounds, four and a half assists, nearly two steals a game, and shooting the three ball at 37%. I, th- I think it's almost been, it might just be complacency. It's kind of like Giannis in the NBA. These players are so good performing at such a high level for so long that their, their current, I guess, season stats output it's almost going under the radar just because we've come to expect that. But Cotton is having a phenomenal season and uh, is probably a bit of a dark horse for MVP if the Wildcats can continue to win games and get themselves up the standings. Loved seeing, just in recent weeks, Brady Manick become more of a scoring threat. Uh, gives them such another dimension and takes a, a lot of pressure off, off Cotton there, especially with his ability to not only attack the paint, uh, but stretch the floor with the three ball as well. Uh, he's been a really handy addition and it's kind of proving why he was uh, so highly sought after going into the season. We'll go ahead to number five, Melbourne United. Their season effectively looked dead and gone, but have responded really well over the last month. They're currently sitting sixth in the standings with a positive record of 13 and 12, yet are riding a four-game win streak to put them firmly within the play and pitcher. Now, last time we did this, I think I said their season was was practically over. It was. They were in an absolute hole, uh, but by some some miracle, I, I would love to see what the attendance at church on Sundays was because these boys must have been saying their prayers. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal run at the moment. And I think a key part to that resurgence has been their ability to get wins on the road. They sit six and six on the season on the road, which has enabled them to make up ground on teams such as the Phoenix, such as Adelaide, which have really struggled on the road. Uh, the inclusion of Marcus Lee and the returning Shaley has have undoubtedly made a huge difference, as has playing Xavier Rathen Mays off the bench. There's not many better sixth men in the league, and he has really just given them that impact punch when they need it, when that second unit comes in. So loving what he's producing for them. Uh, likewise, I expect for the run home, Chris Goulding to really will this team over the finish line. Uh, at nearly 17 points, two and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, and shooting the three ball at 39%, he's built into the season really well. Started slowly, uh, but hopefully he can continue to build, hit his best form from now. And uh, if he, or should I say, if he hits his best form now over the next couple of weeks, I certainly expect them to make the plane. Number four is the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, somewhat similar to Adelaide to the Phoenix. This is a team that had a really commanding position, and they've let it slide in recent weeks. They currently sit third in the standings at 13-9, and nine, but they're riding the three-game losing streak of their own. They'd be disappointed in this because it looked increasingly... Well, it's looking increasingly likely that they'll have to go through the plane to reach the playoffs. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it looked almost guaranteed that they were going to lock up second spot. But, uh, no, they went down to the Taipan Saturday night, 85-83, to 83, and this is a game that was... Almost must win if they wanted to attain a top two position. 
Uh, it would have kept them in contention there with Cairns, but they've been able to put a bit of a buffer between them and the breakers now. Uh, it's it's quite disappointing because they everything was firing on all cylinders. They're going to have a real job on their hands just to kind of get the engine ticking over again, keep things moving. Uh, William McDowell-White, though, I think has been really impressive uh, on the offensive end more so. He's, despite that losing effort against Cairns the other night, he put up 29 points, five rebounds, five assists. Uh, but for me, what I've seen of them in their games recently, I think the key to them winning is keeping Derek Pardon hungry and involved. He's one of the most dominant players in the league when he gets going, yet his decreased output in recent weeks has kind of correlated with them losing games. Uh, for me, I don't see a way in which they're going to get back into that top two at the moment, so it is going to be a case of going through the plane. But you know, that being said, I think now the next couple of games for them before the season ends – it's all about momentum. They've got to get momentum back on their side and keep that going into the plane. As I said, they've lost three in a row now. If this losing streak continues, it's not the, the mentality or the place you want to be into going into these must-win games. So uh, time to get the show back on board. Number three for me goes to the Tassie Jack Jumpers. They're up to fourth in the standings at the moment with a record of 13-10, and 10, riding a two-game win streak there. For me, things are just trucking along really, really nicely. I think my only concern at the moment, and to be honest, it's it's a good problem to have if you're Scott, Scott Roth, is who's playing on a night-to-night basis. Uh, I spoke about the a couple of weeks ago, and I put it on our socials. Be sure to check it out if you haven't already. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. I put up a bit of a reel just explaining that I think the Jack Jumpers are, are the deepest team within the league, and I, I still hang my hat on that. Uh but the problem is now they've almost got too much talent and not enough minutes to go around. You know, Isaac White was playing phenomenally well a couple of weeks ago. Now, slightly biased, given he's been on the show before, big fan of his. Uh, but he was really in sensational form. He's seen his minutes all but pretty much, well, they're, they're just about non-existent now. Since the return of Sammy McDaniel, Matty Kenyon, uh, his minutes have dropped off a cliff now. As I said, if you're Scott Roth and this is your biggest problem at the moment, you're in a pretty good spot. Um, and I think a big key to their success coming into the back end of the season is going to be that point differential at 1.03. Uh, it could be pivotal going forward with the teams under them slightly slightly lagging. Uh, and given how close it is in the wins column, this could be the point that gets them back into the plane and hopefully back to the playoffs. Um, and it just comes back to what we were talking about a few weeks ago. There was a bit of controversy about um, Jack McVeigh trying to get points in the last couple of seconds of the game when it was effectively done and dusted. In the NBA, when points don't matter, it's not so much of a concern. That Zion Williamson dunk we saw a couple of weeks ago against Phoenix, uh, that was just a little bit of showboating, a little bit for the crowd. I like it, uh, but it doesn't really have any impact on the standings. Whereas in the NBL, you've got to play to the final Final whistle because points do matter. And given how close it is in the standings, playing to the whistle could well be the deciding factor between who goes through and whose season's cut short. So I uh, love the fact that Jack a couple of weeks ago played to the final whistle. Speaking of which, he's firing as well at 15 points, five rebounds a game, going nearly 40% from three. Again, another player that's built into the season really well and it's really hitting his kind of I guess peak form at this sta- at this late, late stage of the season. Uh, Milton Doyle has been tremendous as well in his own right, continuing to have 
in what I believe is an NBL campaign at 17 and a half points, five rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half a game has really filled that role well of Josh, Ad- the departing Josh Adams, just that offensive go-to guy. He's uh, doing a really, really, uh, really phenomenal job of guiding that offense with contributors all around McVay, Majet, Rashad Kelly. Uh, the depth is phenomenal at the moment. As I said, a massive game tomorrow night in Launceston. If anyone's up there, check it out at the Silver Dome against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I think a win here would really make it difficult for them not to make the plane. I'd have to check how many games exactly to go. But for me, I think that would just about assure them of a plane position. Uh, so really just keep on keeping on at the minute. Get legs under the belt. Ensure that injuries don't come into play again. Uh, build Will Magna into the season as they've done such a good job of so far. Just continue to build him. Uh, but loving where they're at at the moment. Number two goes to the Cairns Taipans. Now, I was very close to putting them number one. Uh, I've gone number two. After a blazing start, the Taipans kind of cooled off a little bit through the middle part of the season, but boy, what a run they're on now. They have come out in this kind of back third of the season like a house on fire. Currently second in the standings with a 16-7 and overall record. They're riding the six-game win streak. Now, What's been, you know, the level of ball they've played in that time has been fantastic. The wins have, the scalps have taken tremendous in every facet. The fact they've done this in big part without their MVP candidate, Keanu Pinder, just speaks to how well-versed this team is. It's a kind of a next man up mentality. Taji McCall, I think, has been the key force behind that. Uh, He's now averaging 16 and a half points, five and a half rebounds, four assists and two steals a game. Likewise, Shannon Scott, alongside him in the backcourt, I think they're one of the most electric guard duos in the league, and just watching them play brings a smile to my face. Uh, I said going into the season that, you know, I'm, no doubt about it, the Jack Jumpers of my team, Tassie born and bred, following them all the way. Uh, but my the my kind of token team that I was going to be keeping an eye on were the Taipans, and they have been nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, I think for them going forward the next couple of games to week or so, the key will be getting Pinder back fit and healthy um, and in j- just ensuring that they lock up second position there. Now, it's not a foregone conclusion. They are in a really commanding position as we speak, um, and I certainly think the way their season's gone to date, they, they, they deserve it. They deserve it. They are so, so fun to watch. Uh, love seeing what they're doing. As I said, McCall, Shannon Scott, Sammy Wardenberg there. Um, they're in a really, really good position for when Keanu Pinder comes back and will no doubt make a really hot run at the title. My number one seed, though, my number one in my NBL power rankings has got to be the reigning defending champions once again, the Sydney Kings. Uh, they just keep rolling. They are top of the standings with a 17-5 and five overall record. They also, in their own right, hold a six-game win streak. Uh, they got pushed really heavily on Sunday by the Illawarra Hawks. But for me... It's kind of the sign of a championship team. Being able to win when the chips were down, when it came to those late couple of plays, they really stood up. Um, and I think, you know, alongside Mitch Craig, Xavier Cooks continues to be an MVP front runner there. 17 points, eight rebounds, four assists, shooting 43% from three. I tell you what, it is such an asset. Having a guy of his size and skill set, being able to knock down the three ball gives them such another dimension to their offense. Um, and for me, I just really don't see a way that, that there's, I don't see any plausible way that they don't finish top of the standings. For them, it's all about injury prevention at this stage and just ensuring things continue to tick over. 
they're in a really good position at the moment. And, you know, you certainly can't can't rule out a back-to-back title. They are well and truly the favourites at this stage. Um, it's just steady as she goes at the moment and uh, fair play to them. Just a very, very well-oiled machine, a very well-oiled organisation. Um, it's, uh, it is at the moment to quote the fifth and dribble boys. Shout out to Matty Bay and Lock there. It's where the gold lives and the way it's going, it's where it will continue to live should uh, another team not step up and challenge them. Guys, recapping my NBL power rankings there, the second time I've done this little exercise, uh, in number 10 is the Illawarra Hawks, number nine, the Brisbane Bullets, number eight, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, seven is the Adelaide 36ers, six is the Perth Wildcats. As we progress into the top half, number five is Melbourne United, number four is the New Zealand Breakers, number three, the Tassie Jack Jumpers, number two, the Cairns Taipans, and number one, is the reigning defending champions of the NBL, the Sydney Kings. Uh, There concludes my NBL power rankings. The second time we've done this little exercise, guys. Certainly be sure to let me know what you think of of those standings. Did I get them right? Did I get them wrong? Uh, It's been fantastic. I've had a lot of really high-quality chats with you guys out there this week uh, regarding everything NBA and NBL, so be sure to keep it coming. It is undoubtedly the most exciting time of the season as the playoffs draw nearer. Uh, Still a lot of intriguing storylines to play out. A lot of close battles fighting for those playing spots. I'll be sure to keep you up to date with all the latest news from around the league. Uh, Continue to stay up to date with all of our socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether you're a YouTube watcher uh, or whether you're an Apple podcast or Spotify listener or any other leading podcast provider. Uh, Be sure to subscribe so as to never miss another episode. There concludes another week from the NBL, guys. Be sure to tune in next week. Be sure to tune in this coming Friday night. Rowan Lee will join myself as we tackle another NBA episode, uh, this time transitioning to the Western Conference, giving our mid-season reviews. So certainly looking forward to doing that one with the lads. Guys, till next week, though, take care. Enjoy what's going to be another action-packed, phenomenal week of basketball. I can't wait to talk to you soon. See ya.